Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the American Tennis Podcast, coming to you, as always, on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one podcast network. Pleasure to be speaking to you guys today. Wow, um, I'm just heartbroken for Tennis Sangren. Not sure how many of you watched that Roger Federer-Tennis Sangren match, but that is a real gut punch for the Americans and for Tennis Sandgren. I mean, I should preface and say that Federer was nowhere near his top form. Obviously, he was something was up, whether he was injured. I know he called for a medical timeout in that third set. Um, whatever it was, regardless, he was not, not at his A game by any means. Having said that, what a golden opportunity for Tennis Sangren, not even in the top 100 in the world, ranked just outside of the top 100, playing in the quarterfinals for a chance in the semis to be the first American man since Andy Roddick to make the semis at the Australian Open. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. Seven match points against one of the greatest tennis players to ever play the game, Roger Federer, not at the level that he usually plays at, giving him every opportunity to take the match, and he can't do it. That was painful. As a fan of American tennis, and don't get me wrong, I love Federer, everybody loves Federer, but wow, to see a guy like that, Sangren, who's been grinding for years, career high around 40 in the world, and now fallen down, like I said, just outside the top 100, to have such a great tournament. I mean, he beat the eight seed, he had an unbelievable tournament, he beat Query, he was on fire, and he was playing well, and I, I wasn't even really that familiar with him before this tournament, to be quite frank, but to have that many chances to beat Federer and one of those in the fourth set tiebreaker serving for it on his racket. He only got broken once all match and you have to serve. Just hit an ace. You've been doing it all match, but he couldn't do it. So that was painful, painful, painful. I mean, you could just see in that fourth set that he was so visibly tight and nervous. And it's such a shame because he did play so well to get to that point in the fourth set where he set up those match points for himself. And I can understand, you know, the first match point, you're about to beat one of the greatest players ever and get into the semifinals of a Grand Slam when you haven't had really any success at majors prior to this. I understand the nerves coming in. That completely makes sense to me. One, two, even maybe three points. I get it. By the time that fourth point comes around, and especially in the tiebreaker when you have a chance to serve for it, to not be able to convert that, my heart, is it goes out to him because he is going to be thinking about that match for a very long time, possibly forever, because that is a career-altering, career-defining match for a guy that not a lot of us knew about. He's funny. You see him, and he's wearing his cut-off muscle tees. He's a funky dude, tall, not necessarily the most mobile, but deceptively covers the court well, serves bomb. Huge game, and it's just, oh, you just feel so bad for the guy because that was an opportunity that who knows if he's ever going to find himself in that position again, and I cannot imagine that he'll be getting any sleep tonight. Squanders seven match points in the fourth set to put away Federer with all of the momentum, and when he ended up losing that set and Federer won it in the tie break, you really didn't even need to watch the fifth set. You knew Federer was going to win that. I mean, the crowd was on his side, and he's just... That's why he's one of the best ever, but he did everything but hand the match to... Sandgren and all Sandgren had to do was walk through the door but I, those first two break points match points he didn't even put the return in play he was so tight he dumps it in the bottom of the net on the return and it's just oh anyways there's much more to talk about but that is just painful just finished watching that match and 
how cool it would have been to have an American man back into the semifinals. And you just hate to see it when somebody puts themselves into the position to win, plays so well, and then the nerves just prevent you from just winning the last point that you need to win to win the match. But nonetheless, an unbelievable tournament for Tennis Sangren. Congratulations to him. I, I hope he's back and motivated and can recover from this loss mentally. But that's that's going to be a tough one to put behind him. Tennis Sangren, great effort, great tournament, falling in the quarterfinals in five sets to Roger Federer, who, as always, somehow just finds a way to get it done and is through to the semifinals. Wouldn't it be cool to see Federer win it again and um, add to his major totals with Nadal sneaking up on him? Would love to see Federer get up to 21. The American men did well this tournament. Um, Steve Johnson, tough draw. He also fell to Roger Federer in straight sets. Um, one of our coaches from the academy, Peter Smith, the former USC men's coach, he was out there in Australia with Steve. So it was pretty cool seeing them up on the TV screen together. <laughs> Fun moment. Um, pretty horrible draw for Steve to have to play Federer first round. But him and Query had a big win in the doubles, beating Jamie Murray in a really, really tight contested match. So that was awesome to see them come up with a big win and still have some uh, positive experiences out there in Australia. Riley Opelka, that was a disappointment. Uh, he played Fabio Fognini, the 12 seed, who, wow, great tournament for Fabio, by the way. He kind of has a reputation as being somebody who's going to toss in the towel when things get hard and is definitely, you know, can mentally kind of go by the wayside if adversity strikes. He won several five-setters this tournament, and he was down two sets to none against Riley Opelka, the young, hard-hitting, hard-serving American, and the match got delayed because of weather, and then Fognini comes back and wins the next three sets, 6-4, 6-3, and then 7-6 in the third set tiebreaker. Um, Got to be disappointing for Riley. I know he was not pleased about losing that match. But good fight from Fognini and a good tournament from Opelka, a good showing. I mean, that's the number 12 seed. Opelka had beaten him before, and, you know, that weather delay, it's tough. He spoke a little bit about it. It's tough when you have a two-set-to-none lead and you have all of the momentum in the match, and then the match gets suspended until the next day, right? So you get to sleep on it. The guy who's down has a chance to reconnect, uh, recollect himself mentally. And it's tough. He had his momentum broken, but certainly looked like he was on his way to winning that match and pulling off the huge upset in the first round. But unfortunately, the conditions didn't hold. And, uh, you know, he went home early. But still, I look for Opelka to have a big year. And he's been someone who's really surprised me recently, even towards the end of last year, outplaying even Tiafo and Fritz in some regards. He's been uh, putting together a really nice end to 2019, a nice start to 2020. I mean, I, I really like his game a lot. And I think he's someone who's going to do well. Another young American who is really flying under the radar, and he's said as much, is Tommy Paul. If you didn't know him before this tournament, I'm sure you know him now. Beats Leonardo Meyer in the first round and then beats Grigor Dimitrov 7-6 in the fifth set. Not sure if any of you watched that match, but that was some really gutsy stuff from Paul because Dimitrov was coming back, had the momentum, and Paul really deserved that match. I mean, he gutted it out and earned it. And Tommy Paul was a name. I believe he won Kalamazoo. The year that I was there in the 18s, I know he was playing. I'm not sure if he won it, but I'm pretty sure he did. Um, and now to see him really start to get going on the tour and doing well and approaching the top 100 is really cool. And I remember uh, one of the lead-up tournaments before the Australian Open, uh, he was in the semifinal, I believe it was. Um, yeah, he was in the semifinal, and he was kind of saying, this is my chance to kind of break through. You know, I'm really happy for Taylor Fritz and Tiafo for all of the success that they've had. They've been doing really well. But at the same time, you know, I feel like it's my time. And, you know, maybe 2020 will be his year. He has a great game, such a solid backhand, uses that forehand well, and serves well. So Tommy Paul, definitely a name to keep an eye on, beating Dimitrov, huge for him. And it's it's just good to know that we have a lot of young Americans that are competing well 
And I, I'm very pleased with where the state of American tennis is on the men's side, more so on the women's side, actually, to be honest with you. But the men's side looks good. I wish Isner got healthy. He had a couple nice wins, and then he had to withdraw against Warinka because of that injury. It's, he's had that nagging foot injury, and I'm not sure if it was that that got him this tournament or something else. But it's tough when you're that tall. I mean, it's it's expected, I guess, when you just have that much body. You see it across so many sports where just athletes who are that tall, six feet, 10, seven feet, you know, it's it's tough to maintain the body. But hopefully John gets back and uh, healthy soon because with that serve, I mean, he can beat anybody on any given day. Yeah, speaking of serves, I mean, Taylor Fritz, massive serve, playing Kevin Anderson, who also has a huge serve, the South African who played at University of Illinois. Great win for Fritz. He pulled it out over Anderson, 6-2 in the fifth. That's not an easy second round match. Kevin Anderson, a former Grand Slam finalist, he is a great player and you know he's had some injury and hasn't been playing as much, so he wasn't seated where he should be. So a second round matchup, that is tough for Fritz. He lost the first two sets and came back to fight. That third set, he won 7-6 in a breaker and then 6-2, 6-2. So really impressive fight from Fritz. That was really cool to see and have him go to the third round of a major was really a positive step in the right direction. And he even took a set off Dominic Team the five seed and, you know, who still has a very good chance of winning the tournament going forward from here. So that was a really good performance from Fritz. It was cool watching him. I thought his energy was great. I thought that he really was clicking in terms of just putting everything together this tournament. Great serving, great forehand, just solid off the ground. And it's good to see him get going. I really think that he's going to have a good 2020. And a lot of our a lot of our men's players are poised to have a good 2020 if Tennis Andrian, like I said, can recover from that mentally. He has the game to beat a lot of players, and he proved that this tournament. So I really hope he's able to recover mentally from that loss tonight and keep building some momentum. Now let's go to the women's side, because honestly, I think I'm more excited about the American women than I am the American men in a lot of ways. I mean, everybody knows about Coco Goff, right? And if you didn't before this, now you definitely know. Beats Venus Williams and then takes out the number three seed, Naomi Osaka. Unbelievable. Coco Goff, 16-year-old. How, I mean, how much guts, how tough, like how, I don't even have the words to describe how incredible that is, that you are 16 years old competing with grown women and holding your, not only holding your own, beating players that are top five in the world. I mean, that is unbelievable she already had her breakout party at Wimbledon but in case you thought that was a fluke she's not going anywhere I heard some people speculating you know oh she might be like a Jeannie Bouchard who if you remember back the Canadian uh, Eugenie Bouchard kind of broke through and had a few really good tournaments and then obviously I mean sustained it over a couple years had some majors um, and then kind of fell off a little bit injury and other stuff and uh, I had heard Coco Goff's name kind of floated in that same conversation among tennis skeptics, and I think it's safe to say that Coco Goff will not be in that conversation because she has a bright, bright future ahead of her, and she is only going to get better. And it took a fellow American, uh, American Sophia Kennan, to take her out of the tournament, and she's still alive and well. She's going to have a tough, tough, tough matchup next match. She takes on um, Ash Barty, who is so tough. I mean, a number one woman in the world right now from Australia, so you know the crowd is going to be on her side. But what a breakout tournament for Sophia Kennan, the number 14 seed into the semifinal. And there were so many upsides on the upsets on the women's side. I mean, look at this. You have Pavlia Jankova playing Muguruza, who is unseeded. Pavlia Jankova is the 30 seed. And then Halep is really the only seed who made it through, aside from Ash Barty. You have the one and the four seed through the quarters, and then a bunch of unranked or lower-seeded players. So 
really cool to see on the women's side. It's it's just interesting to see the change kind of start to take place. You know, so uh, Serena loses in the early rounds. Venus loses first round to Coco Goff. I feel like we're really starting to see a changing of the guard on the women's side where some of those older established names that you just have been hearing about for years are starting to lose to some of these up and covers. I mean, Pavlo Chenkova beat Angelique Kerber, former Wimbledon champion, I believe, and beat her 6-2 in the third set. So it is very interesting to see what's happening on the women's side and to see the older generation of women start to fade out and be replaced by some of these younger women, particularly because we have a lot of those young women on the American side. Kennan, Goff, Allison Risk, um, you know, there's a CeCe Bellis, by the way. It was great to see her back out there recovering from four forearm surgeries, and now she's back competing at a high level through to the third round of the Australian Open had to go to a third set where she just kind of ran out of gas, but huge fight to win that second set when she was down a set. She pulled that one out in the breaker and then ran out of gas in that third set, but great to see her back because she's a promising young player. Madison Keys, top 10 in the world, a little bit disappointed in early exit for her losing in the third round. I didn't expect for her to lose that early, but um, overall, I mean, American tennis on the women's side is in a great, great place. I mean, it's it's really exciting to see, and this was the first major in a long time where you just looked up and down the draw and you saw a lot of Americans and you didn't see them losing in the first round. You saw them playing into the later rounds and that was exciting because it really felt like recently we'd have, okay, maybe we'd have one or two players in, right? Sandgren, if he doesn't choke, he's into the semifinal and we already have an American women, Sophia Kennan, into the semifinal. I can't remember the last major. I mean, of course, Serena, but a player outside of Serena where we had an American woman and an American man into the semis of a major. So... It's pretty exciting. I think it's a really great time for American tennis. I think that 2020 is going to be, I don't want to be too hyperbolic and make, it's tough. I wouldn't be surprised if in 2020 we saw an American man in the final and I would not be shocked if we saw an American woman other than Serena win a major. I just think that we're playing that well right now and that we have that that much momentum heading into this year. And I'm just really excited to see what this year brings for American tennis because I remember when we started this podcast about a year ago, I was down, you know, I was a little down on American tennis. I felt like we had some talented players, but we weren't performing up to our standards and living up to our talent. And I always tried to hold these players accountable for you and to be honest. And if I felt they were underperforming, I would convey that to you. And now on the flip side, 10 months, 11 months later, to see these players really start to take the next step. A lot of these players young, you know, need some time, need some experience, but I really feel like they're knocking on that door and we're going to start seeing some of these players getting some huge wins that are really going to start taking the, not only the American tennis scene by storm, but the tennis community as a whole by storm, right? Because here in America, of course, we're going to take note of the young guys like Tiafo and, you know, people that make our good stories to us, but for the whole world, you know, international to start knowing some of these names the way that we know them. I think that's on the horizon in 2020. I really do. And I I think it's exciting. And I really look forward to covering it and breaking it all down for you guys. And it's a pleasure to be speaking to you guys here on the Believe Podcast Network. The Australian Open, really a great one. Let's hope that Sophia uh, Kennan can pull off the upset against Ash Barty. Wouldn't that be something? But until then, I'll just, I'll be watching. I'm really excited. I hope you guys are as excited as I am. And can't wait to get back on the podcast, bring some more news to you, have some more guests on. Really want to make 2020 an awesome year. Thank you to you guys for listening. I couldn't do it without you. I really appreciate the support when you guys reach out. It makes my day. Thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Good luck, Sophia Kennan, and I will talk to you all very soon. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.